Welcome to the Cloudonics CX Verse podcast. In this series, we are exploring everything related to customer experience. And I have to consent to that. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Cloudonics Presents the CX. This is the Halloween edition. Allison Smith is back with us to tell us horror stories about customer service and IVR. Ow! That was a wolf howl. More interesting than weasels, that's for sure. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, uh, things are good. We had like a big snowfall on Saturday when we still had leaves on the trees. So all the branches are snapping off. It's terrible, but it'll be gone by Halloween, and I hope so. This is good. We actually had our first rainstorm for the the season, so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As a child, I always I hated having to uh, bundle up for Halloween as though I was the ghost of Eddie Bauer. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you know, Eric, there's um, kind of the standard scary things that people do, which is almost like too many options and options that are confusing and too similar. We've talked about that before, but I had one recently where a medical office actually put the doctor's cell phone number in the IVR, <laughs> which they quickly recanted and said, oh my gosh, patients are bypassing all of the options and they're calling the doctor's cell phone directly, which is a terrible, terrible idea. So they took that off of their choices, but you can't unring a bell once the, the patient has the doctor's direct number. Oh my goodness, not a good thing. Yeah, and they, they, they will not necessarily respect time of day, other services. Um, yes. Doctor being in the middle of the, an appointment or whatever. The, the only out for that is time to get a new phone number and tell the people that you want to have it to have it. Absolutely. That is absolutely it. I, I don't know of a doctor that would willingly hand out their cell phone number unless it was a very special case or they felt like they had a special bond. So that, that was definitely a nightmare for that medical practice. There was another company that actually decided to put zero to go straight to a live operator as their number one choice. And I said to them, no, that's a terrible idea. Why don't you offer some self-serve uh, items and some choices so that people can actually choose what they want, but then offer the zero live operator choice as a stopgap measure at the very end in case none of the choices work out for the caller. Well, no, they wanted zero off the very top. Well, Eric, what do you think happened? What Everybody what do you think most callers? <laughs> of course, it was it was like not having an IVR. Everyone went straight to live answer because everyone thought all of their issues were going to be so specific that only the direct operator contact could handle it. So they eventually relented and said, okay, okay, we'll put it at the end of the automated choices, but oh my goodness, of course they're gonna press zero. It's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, I think we may have talked about my bank, which is Royal Bank of Canada, which asks for my PIN number, not once, not twice, but three different times, and in two different ways. They want you to do it verbally, and then they wanted me to do uh, like an input on the keypad, but three times. And then when I got through to a live operator, she also wanted me to input the PIN number just to confirm 
that I'm me, which I don't know if you need that many um, opportunities to confirm the caller's identity. What do you think? Well, the PIN number is annoying to have to do, but the PIN numbers tend to be four to six characters. It's those people who want you to give type in the account number, all 16 digits, and then ask <laughs> you to repeat it to them live. And it's like, yeah, those are the ones that always really worry me. Yes, and then they don't give you a, a remedy to fix it if your human fingers manage to hit the wrong button, which is a very common occurrence, you know, so. Um, Are you sure? Is this correct? Would you like to retype it? Press one if yes. Right. Or if you make a mistake, press pound and re-enter the number, that kind of thing. But um, it's amazing how many times they do not give you a solution if you screw up and to screw up is is human as we all know yeah unfortunately yes yes and little buttons with big fingers is definitely a way to make mistakes absolutely yeah you know another nightmare scenario that i personally encountered was calling i'll just say the name they're not a client of mine KitchenAid. i was calling to get um, a part for my pasta attachment and made it through, I think I counted about 12 different sub layers of their IVR. So they, they managed to whittle it down to, um, you know, yeah, something like 10 different layers of their IVR only to get to the bottom of it to find out that no, they do not support that pasta maker anymore. And so that was, you know, seriously a, a 15, 15, 20 minute uh, investment of my time that I'll never get back. Minutes out of my life. Oh, Eric, um, you seem to have frozen. Any kind of. Okay. And you were saying okay. that the pasta uh, was no longer being supported. Yes, I, I got to the very, very end, you know, the bottom of the funnel of the IVR subdirectories only to discover that they don't actually support that part anymore and that I've, you know, pretty much wasted 15, 20 minutes out of my life, uh, only to find that I wasn't going to get what I wanted. So, you know, I, I suppose in the great scheme of things, not a huge nightmare, but um, yeah, I don't know. Is there a way for them to perhaps tell you which products they currently support? I don't know. Maybe that would take up too much time in the IVR. Uh, or something early on or wow, Eric, you're thinking like a pro now. Yes, that <laughs> exactly. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, you have another example? Oh, sure. Yeah, I've got a million, but go ahead. Ask me. Citing away from real world, really horror stories of IVRs for a second. Over the years, you've been asked to record various things for various people some more safe for work than others, <laughs> um, some more serious than others, like the, the weasel comment. Um, yes. But I seem to recall that there were various things that you've done that are sort of Halloween themed. I recall one about zombies. Yes, absolutely. So I think that was uh, perhaps a little bit of a, uh, a stock prompt with the asterisk set that was sort of put in with the joke prompts, much like weasels have eaten our phone system. But I believe it was, you know, zombies have eaten our phone system. But there was a whole set about a zombie attack. And it was an actual option of if you are encountering a zombie attack, press this. And much like uh, the cold beer option that somebody years ago had built into their system, 
people actually do press it and they want to see what happens when they do press it. So I believe the zombie prompt uh, got a little bit of traction and perhaps maybe caused a few systems to crash because people were definitely into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I found it on the web, so I'm going to try playing it now. You are fantastic. Okay. So this is apparently they've now got it on speech to text rather than you recording on the asterisk page. Right. And yes, if there really is a zombie apocalypse, they probably have more important things than returning your call. Absolutely. You know, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you just sort of reminded me there was a, a small independent publishing company, I believe in Washington State or Oregon. And they uh, they published murder mystery novels, and their I've actually was written as though it was a mystery novel. So it was almost like it was a dark and stormy night, and she pressed one for new orders or something like that. It was absolutely wonderful. I love it. I just love it when when clients sort of get into uh, designing an IVR that actually reflects their personality, which I'm always trying to get people to do. But yeah, that was an example of uh, a very very cool spooky IVR. Okay, here's another one I'm seeing in, in the standard list of asterisks that, that absolutely feels it belongs in every eye these days. I mean, let, let's be honest, there, there are times you get into an IVR, especially when you're going through 12 layers down and you feel yeah. like abandon all hope is a, is a bad message at work. So I'm looking here, what they've got online on the asterisksounds.org page, like I said, it's not your recordings at the moment, it's, it's all text to speech but you did all of these originally yourself so somewhere i probably have them on my asterisk server and could play them if we want but it's yes crazy how some of these things went out absolutely yeah yeah it is it really is yeah whether or not callers respond to things with a sense of humor or that you know out there and wacky i i personally love it but maybe you know it depends on the context that um, people are calling in about so what I was saying is, is depending on when people hit these various prompts, their mood, how long they've gone through the system will determine whether or not they've got a sense of humor or they just want to rip the thing out of the wall. Is that anymore? Rip it out of the wall. You've discovered another anachronism that we probably can't say anymore. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, actually, yep, definitely. Somebody is actually still selling three and a quarter inch floppy disks. Unbelievable. For what purpose? I, you know, he's selling new and recycled and refurbished ones, 500 a day industry. Oh, okay. 40 all right. Year old, 40 year old airplanes have software updates of other things. And all they have is a floppy drive. Exactly. Wow. Well, I'm thinking the show young Sheldon would probably use it for set dressing, but there's only so much that they would need, you know? Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. Apparently in Hollywood, there's actually a place that has all of the period computers. So you can get your original Apple IIe for putting it. Love it. It's a full warehouse of just those original ones. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, Eric, another uh, nightmare scenario that I thought about, and this is something that uh, years ago, uh, Matt Florell of Vichy Dial uh, and I did a co-presentation at Astrocon, 
and we talked about the design of IVR and he produced what we started to call the Corleone family tree, which is an IVR that starts off looking like a really complicated family tree where it branches off and does all sorts of strange sub menus. And, you know, we could actually put something up on the screen illustrating what I'm talking about. But yeah, if you are plotting out your IVR on a schematic and it's starting to look a little bit like, you know, uh, yeah, the Corleone family tree, maybe simplify it. Maybe you don't need 15 options and six sub options. Uh, maybe you could just condense it down. I'm sorry. I'm thinking we need to update that reference too. This is the way the Omicron <laughs> and, and the COVID. Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> throwing out another old recording. I didn't quite hear that. She's currently away from her phone. The naughty girl. There's also the naughty boy. Um, yes, yes. Like, you know, there, there's many of those almost like joke prompts that are probably going to come back and haunt me. But of course, the, the weasels was the most uh, dramatic uh, example of it coming back to sort of um, haunt me. Uh, if people don't know the story, Citibank had a failure of their phone system a few years ago. And the only prompt that people heard when they called in was weasels have eaten our phone system, which was a joke prompt. Why that became the default for Citibank, I don't know. But it made the news because um, every person who called in got weasels have eaten our phone system. Yeah, something crashed on that. Yeah. Here's another really crazy one. <laughs> Thank you for calling. We are unable to take your call at this time. So forward your call to a Babbage deference engine for parsing and transcription. To avoid errors, please leave at least a, please leave a message in words of one syllable or less to avoid run-on sentences. You may also <laughs> leave a message in binary using the words one and zero or O. Oh. Thank you. Oh my gosh. How many people would actually understand that? You got, and got into some really geeky stuff. That that one's from 2016, apparently. That is incredible. That is really, really incredible. Yeah. I am oh. on hold, not thinking about blue-eyed polar bear. And you know what? I'm willing to record practically anything you guys would send me to record. So you know, you know, there there were some parameters of you know obscenity that I probably wouldn't do, but uh, for the most part. A lot of it didn't make sense, including when I can't remember who it was, had me do a very serious eye recording of Louie Louie, the lyrics to Louie Louie, which are very nonsensical. But yeah, Louie Louie, we got to go now. I, 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 you know, and I did it very, very seriously as though it was, you know, an opening greeting. I'm sorry, that one leaves me speechless. <laughs> that hasn't happened often. Yes. You know, I, Another thing I, I should probably say is that, you know, if an IVR has too many checks and balances, that can become a little nightmarish. In other words, if you choose an option and then they have me record something that says, you chose one. Are you sure you meant to choose one? Press one to confirm that you meant to choose one. I'm not exaggerating. I've had to voice things like that. Do you really need to have the caller confirm their choice? I don't know. That's a nightmare to me. What we were saying before, the answer is sometimes yes, because that's how you handle, oop, did you type the wrong thing? Yes. I don't know. I think there's a way to do it that doesn't uh, sound like you're deliberately sending them down a rabbit hole. For one digit, it's probably not appropriate. For a right. multi-digit something, you need to have some option for oops. 
Sure. Yeah. Back, did you is this really what you meant? Oh no, didn't mean that. How do I fix it? So yeah. Such as a, a callback system that holds your place in a queue uh, where you manually enter your phone number. I think it's important for them to confirm that. But um, yeah, I just think too many, too many confirmations just aggravate the caller and create a, a nightmare situation. Agreed. Okay, I'm going to throw one more at you. Yeah. This, this one sounds like something you would actually have fun saying. That's okay. I like a challenge. Let's try one more time. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, that whole, uh, uh, it, it's a little bit of a process to um, check in with the caller if they've made a lot of mistakes. That whole messaging of, we seem to be having problems. Would you like to try again or would you like to go to a live agent? That has to be handled in a very diplomatic way. Some of the ones that I've voiced are very much well, you seem to be having a problem entering your number. Not quite like that, but it's putting the onus on the caller uh, who's having the issue. So diplomatic systems will say things like, we seem to be having a problem. Let's try again together. And that sort of uh, helps to uh, league with the caller and um, say, we're going to solve this problem together instead of you keep screwing up. What's your issue? seen a number of those systems of it's your fault not ours yeah 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 and after after about three attempts of getting nowhere then you can transfer them to a live agent but again not making the caller feel stupid or like they're somehow not not doing the process correctly you know it, if if you're in a business that deals with a lot of elderly callers as well they may not be willing to or able to comply with um whatever the instruction is never ever a good thing <laughs> uh you know you you were sort of asking about um things like nightmare projects or you know projects i'd rather not voice but i do there's things like bill collection which i really hate voicing prompts that remind people that they're behind on their credit card payment because that kind of makes me sad that people get behind but um there's also a system for the U.S. Department of Justice that calls registered sex offenders to remind them to check in with their parole officer. And I voice those. And it's a very necessary. No, <laughs> I offered and they said, oh, my gosh, no, let's not do that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a really necessary service. And and but it, it does sort of give me, as we say, the whim whams. It sort of makes me feel kind of ich sort of icky. And when I run into guys at conferences and they say, oh, I heard your voice the other day, I always go, really? Really? Did you now? Mm, interesting. The correct response to that is, and did you report in? I you bad of, boy. <laughs> I know some of the people that you talk to at conferences. Oh my gosh. You know, with regards to the sexy voice thing, sometimes clients do ask for that. There's There was a restaurant recently um, that I voiced their reservation system in kind of a seductive voice, but they found that females were getting alienated and a little pissed off by that. So it's, you have to kind of balance that whole, yeah, it's an aesthetic that you should think twice about implementing because you run the risk of alienating uh, at least half of your customer base um, because women really probably don't want to listen to other seductive women so there you go yes. and, mm. and you, 
not only is sexy voice a factor, I know that you've been asked at various times to try and mimic various accents or regional things. Yes. It can also be um, a hit or miss with the people that are hearing it. It can be, yeah. And especially um, a Southern type of, not even accent, but more of a sensibility. It's really easy to go overboard with that. And true Southerners in the U.S. will call fake on um, somebody who's trying to mimic sort of that Southern warm drawl. So um, it does come up every now and then, and I will do it, but I'm always uh, very nervous about offending actual locals who can probably spot a Northerner. And when I say Northerner, I'm, you know, Canadian, like not just North of Alabama, I am <laughs> really North. North of the border, yes, <laughs> PR. Um, exactly, exactly, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, a lot of that has to do with tempo as well. If they're asking for a bit of a Southern sensibility, really they're asking for you to slow it down a bit. Whereas Northern Seaboard, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, they probably want a faster pace. So I try to accommodate, but I'm going to yeah. hit you with a story on that one. That it's not an IVR story. One of my wife's friends was giving lectures down at uh, Texas A&M. New mm -hmm, York, right. short woman getting in there to this big uh, Texas thing to talk science and what gets a little bit into it. One of these big farm guys raises their hand and goes, ma'am, we don't only talk slow down here. We think slow. So can you please slow down and talk slow? Oh, oh. Tell, her telling the story. I honestly think that it was he was being serious. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, I have, as a New Yorker myself, I have been asked to slow down many a times when I present. Yes. Um, it's very easy to go into hyperspeed where you're really talking much faster than people are comfortable with. Well, nice Eric, also part of the issue is that if you're passionate about what you speak about and you are, I've been to many of your presentations, if you know the material and you're passionate about it, I think that's probably going to dictate your tempo as well. You know. I've also seen a couple people do things where they're worried about their time or having stage fright. Not everybody is like you or me who's comfortable being in front of a group of a thousand people, at which point they get that adrenaline rush, which will do the same thing. Yes. Yeah, I am now comfortable. But back when I first started doing presentations, oh, I would rabbit right through it just because the adrenaline. Yeah. So I think it was, um, you know, Jared Smith, maybe who just said, try to speak half tempo, speak way slower than you think you should. And you're, you're probably going to hit the right tempo. But yeah, no, a lot of things can drive that uh, faster tempo in a presentation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Again, customer service, I, the person talking to the customer is sad, angry, hyper, whatever. Um, it's going to come through. Absolutely. Absolutely. It will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you reminded me with the Southern accent. I used to voice real estate listings for a realtor in Georgia. And she called me one day and she said, "Hun, it's pronounced foyer. 
and I was saying foyer because I'm I'm not French Canadian, but I do have that sort of you know understanding of a, a word that is of French origin, which foyer is. But that did not sit right with her southern ears, and so I of course I comply. I'll do it however you wish me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, my wife has trouble with the way I pronounce a number of words that originated in French, and as an American, we learn them very differently. Yes. Um, chaise lounge is not <laughs> is a good example oh. regional dialects regional pronunciations are a very big thing for various people and it kind of makes sense that if you're dealing with a nationwide thing you're going to be more open to it if you're dealing with a local kind of a ivr or service you're going to want to you want it to sound local yes Absolutely. Yeah. The interesting thing is most of my clientele is American. And unless they ask, many of them do not know that I'm Canadian. I don't think there's a lot of tells in, in how I say words. I'll get caught occasionally being a little too, not really a boot. We don't say a boot unless you're from Nova Scotia. But uh, yeah, I think there's some Canadianisms that sneak out. But for the most part, people don't know that I'm from Canada. So yeah, other than most Americans don't know what to expect from Canadians. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there was a big influx of Canadian newscasters hitting the American market. So if there is a Canadian accent, I think Americans are pretty used to it um, in professional speakers like that. Yeah. Definitely. It's yeah. It's clearer accent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. Do you have any others you'd like to share now? Or? Uh, you know, I think that was pretty much, um, yes. Uh, well, you know, the medical information at the bottom of an IVR. I've spoken about that a few times where people are phoning a medical office. And, you know, if somebody is in medical distress, they should probably know about that sooner than later. So most medical offices do start off with, you know, thank you for calling cardiology associates. If this is a medical emergency, hang up for one and call 911. But it is amazing how many people will put that information at the bottom of the IVR, you know, after accounting and... <laughs> you have to wonder how many people hang up and never hear the dial 911 part. <laughs> or drop the phone and drop dead. Yes. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing, but you should probably, and that even goes for people who offer emergency critical support for things like computer systems uh, or telephone systems. If you have somebody who's having a, a system downage or, you know, a DOS attack, uh, maybe you should put that sort of emergency stuff at the beginning of the IVR and have it filter down according to importance. Or maybe I'm just talking crazy. I don't know. I think you're talking crazy because again, people are going to try and call that cell number or whatever else is the emergency thing, even when it's my mouse doesn't work. Okay, so we've gone a little bit beyond the half hour and I'll clean that up. Sure. One last recording that seems appropriate when we're talking about IVRs. Okay. Okay. Can't really hear it. We'll do that again with the louder volume. Okay. I have no idea either. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. When you say that the asterisk sounds are in text to speech, it's not me doing the capstrol text to speech. It's, or it is. It's hard to tell. 
Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So, mm. okay. Thank you much. You I hope we covered what you wanted to cover. So far, sometime in the future, we'll hit space or other interesting topics where you've done fun and interesting IVRs. Looking forward to chatting with you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. A happy Halloween. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the CX Verse. Please sign up to learn about future episodes. We are looking for feedback and new speakers, so please be in touch.